Welcome to episode 605 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Radio team, welcome along to episode 605 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? Sensational. Sensational. How was, uh, how was the romantic weekend? It's Romance 101, Bevan. Take your wife away on your 12th anniversary to go and watch a triathlon. And, uh, and, 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 uh, and you got her working as well, didn't you? It did. She was the official photographer, uh, so she took some fine photos. We'll put a few of those on Facebook today. And also, but I would say, as any parents know, if you get a weekend away without children, even if you've got to do a little bit of work, we've still got to go out for a few dinners, had a few drinkies here and there, uh, it's good times getting away from children for two nights. One thing, one of the, one of the photos showed the maturity of our audience because you put the photo, Belinda must have taken a photo of you while you were interviewing Gomez and all the comments weren't about, oh, it's good to have Gomez on. It was like, is he doing the banana competition? <laughs> so I just thought the, the maturity of our audience is very sharp. I think it was Cam Hansen who started that one off. So uh, Kiwis living in Aussies. Yep, there we go. I talk is proudly brought to you by Health IQ. It's the insurance company that helps health conscious people get lower rates on their life insurance. Go to healthiq.com slash talk to support the show and see if you qualify. Extreme endurance. Your lactic buffer. And our patrons. And let's name a few of them. John, you go first. Jason Big Mac Girk. We've got Aaron the Proprietor Morgan. And Tom Commander Pyro Sourbry. Hopefully, Tom, I pronounced that remotely correctly. It was actually better than I would have done, mate, I tell you. Okay, this week's show, team, it's very much a Challenge Wanaka special. Obviously, I was working there and John went down and actually did great work, got lots of pro interviews and kind of did some wrap-ups of the day. So we're kind of, that's really all we're going to do today is just going to really wrap up what happened in Challenge Wanaka over the weekend. So we'll do a wanger of the week and we've got a couple of quick items at the end, but very much Challenge Wanaka 2018. Let's start talking about it, Jombo. So... Uh, first of all, uh, quick intro on me. Is, is that yeah, what does your day involve, Bevan? Because you're basically, so, so for people that think, you know, they think Mike Riley, he does this thing over in Kona, and it, for him it's a professional gig, you know, he's out there and uh, done loads of these. We've heard about him, you know, the amount of preparation he does and, and from other guys like that as well. It takes a lot of work to get ready. So you're you're sort of the fun guy on the day. What does your day, day entail at Challenge Wanaka and, and other similar sort of events? Uh, you know, the, the first thing is Wanaka is the longest day I'm going to do, so very much I'm kind of walking to the race at six in the morning and walking home from the race after midnight. Um, so it is a long day. You do have some breaks in between, which helps. Um, but, you know, it's, it's really your job is to make sure everyone has a good time, really, I suppose, you know, like to put good music on and to um, make the athlete experience one that makes them feel special and then B, make the spectator experience something really cool as well that keeps them informed and, um, yeah, so it's, it's it's not hard work. It's it's long work, but you kind of like I was talking about it on my podcast every day. It is pretty cool to be the person who gets to see people crossing the finish line, 
Like, you know, it's, there's so many different types of emotions. You're going to, you see disappointment, you see people breaking down and crying and joy. You see the connection of team members when they get across that finish line together. So it's, you know, I know I feel very, you know, like you feel pretty privileged to be able to do that. And, and the nice thing about it is so many people come up to you and tell you they enjoy the work you're doing. So you feel really appreciated. So, you know, it's, you know, it's long, I, I can't deny that. And, you know, by the end of it, you kind of, you want to get home, but, Fundamentally, it's it's pretty cool. Did you see any good collapses this year? Like anybody completely carked across the line? Yeah, but nothing like collapse. More just they kind of got to the ground. Um, yeah. You know, you saw the meds a few times, but oh, there actually there was one guy, the poor bugger. I, I think he may have tripped. But he tripped about fifteen meters from the line, and oh, no. uh, yeah, and it was a pretty good, pretty good trip. So. Um, yeah, that was a bit of a bugger, but he got up and he made it to the finish line. There was a few people who definitely were looking pretty ugly as so they getting to the finish line in their movement, um, but I don't know. It's pretty cool. That finish line moment is a pretty special thing. So, Any good sprint finishes? There was one. I can, actually, there's only one, you know, and, there, and it, was, it was a pretty – because the thing is they changed the way that – because they previously tried to duplicate what they do in Rote. So in Rote, for those who don't know, they're kind of – it's a bigger stadium than what we have in Monaco. And they come in, they kind of do a horseshoe to the finish line. So they run around the stadium to the finish. And they used to do that in Wanaka, but it's a lot smaller area. So this year they kind of did a zigzag. Um, so they ran mm. up a long chute, did a very small zig and a zag to the finish line. And uh, I imagine those guys doing a sprint, the zigzag was a little bit difficult. But, <laughs> but other than that, so, you know, you know, it's one of those, I'm very lucky in my life because I get to be a part of, people's importance days and and you know challenge monica is a great example of that and so yeah that was very much my day so john what about your day oh, i rolled down to the start uh just before the full kicked off so they were kicking off at 6 45 a.m um watched the start of that that takeoff nip back to pick up belinda who was having a little uh it's not wouldn't call her sleeping but went back grabbed her and then we're pretty much just uh spectating for the rest of the day you know i was trying to do a little bit of uh a little bit of a few updates that you're about to hear, but um, yeah, it was really just standing on the sidelines, cheering people on, and then uh, would say I had some good food down in Wanaka. It was oh my really, God. Did really you go to the cafe I told you about? No, we didn't. We went elsewhere. Oh, uh, we did not amazing. take your recommendation. Um, I went really twice. good food. I went to one place where I thought I was going to get served pub grub and it came out and it was fantastic. And that was actually one of the cool things about Wanaka is there's a line of um, cafes and pubs along the, the front of Main Street. And so you can just sit there and you can be cheering people on and they're literally running past a couple of metres in front of you. So, um, yeah, we had a nice lunch down there as well. And then as soon as the, the pro athletes were finishing, um, just started ripping into a few interviews. So It's, got, um, um, it's actually quite cool because it's quite a long finish line really, isn't it? Because by the time, once they turn the corner, you've probably got another five six hundred meters to go maybe even mm. a little more and um and you're basically running through a cafe street really aren't you? and then you get to the end of that and you're kind of heading towards the finish line so it must be quite cool for an athlete to hit up that finishing long shoot Mm. And, and for for a spectator, Wanaka is a good course. You know, you get to you can see the entire swim. I mean, you can do that in a lot of races. Um, but then you can see the the athletes come out of the swim, and if you position yourself correctly, you can then see them starting the bike ride as well. Um, they come past you through town, whether they're doing the half or the full after about sort of thirty five k's, um, and then they come through again if they're doing the full. Uh, and then on the run, it's a it's a two lapper, and they run 
you know, you effectively can see them four times and um, when they're sort of going around the turn points. So from a spectator point of view, it's quite good. And I would say I think a few people were following the race online, um, maybe on the website. I, I didn't do that. But in terms of the app in Wanaka, it was fantastic. Yeah. There was loads of um, timing points. So, you know, they were, they were, I don't know, every three to four Ks or so seemed to be on the on the run. So you did get a, quite a good feel for where athletes were. And whilst it wasn't live GPS tracking, um, you didn't have to wait too long before you got the next update. So, um, and it's funny you say that because a lady, I was just talking to a lady, a lady who was kind of waiting for a friend to come in as I was doing commentary, and she goes, "Oh my god, this app is so amazing!" So it's cool that they're doing good work there. So it's, you know, it's what you want to hear because for spectators, that's the only way you really get to see your athletes other than when they come into town. So, so what we're going to do right now, guys, is John did three clips in the pre-race, post-race swim, and this is early bike, and then he did kind of one in the bike transition so we're going to put those on it's going to talk you through a little bit of the race and then we'll come back and talk about what happened in the run okay team welcome along to the challenge wanaka special edition so i have made it down to the race and just because i know a lot of you guys won't be following all the splits online like you would in kona we're going to try to sort of run you through the event uh, and how the day unfolds because it could be quite a dynamic race so to remind you guys we have uh, a full race on at Challenge Wanaka uh, but there is no pros in that this year and then we have the half so uh, it's race morning here I've turned up down at the start around about 6.30 the way the race unfolds down here is we have 6.45am we have our uh, individual starters in the full and then we have quite a break uh, with some teams start after that and then we have quite a break until 8.15 when we have the male pro start five minute gap to the female pros and then the age groupers kick off at 8.30 so um, in the full <clears throat> who knows who's going to take that one out when it's age group racing but we'll uh, keep you informed post race and try to do a few interviews with some of the winners uh, a lot of our attention today is going to be on the half it really is a sensational field. Number one seed is Dougal Allen. Uh, you have Luke Bell, who's number two. So Dougal Allen actually won the full last year, which is why he's wearing number one. Dylan McNeese has won the full several times down here. He's number three. Braden Curry's number four. Luke McKenzie, number five. Jan Van Berkel, number six. Tony Dodds, who's an ITU uh, New Zealand athlete, been to the Olympics, is number seven. Jesse Thomas, eight. Joe Skipper, number nine. And Alexander Polizzi is uh, number 11. But all eyes are going to be on number 19 which is Javier Gomez so he's not going to be in top shape down here we know that but uh, even a 90% uh, Javier Gomez is going to be very very hard to beat girls race should be pretty fantastic as well we've got uh, the top seed is Laura Siddle uh, from UK we all know her she's a, a regular on loads of races around the world Amelia Watkinson is a half Ironman specialist from New Zealand uh, and I think she'll go pretty well today Annabelle Luxford is number 53 uh, I would say she is the race favourite uh, assuming she's here and uh, fit and ready to rumble uh, so those will be your top three you've also got Julia Grant in there Laura Wood and uh, Indy Kral so uh, some other girls along with Hannah Wells it could be a bit of a surprise package today so it's uh, set for an interesting day you know um, when you come to Wanaka it's a little bit like say going to Lanzarote or Kona or somewhere the chances of it being windy are reasonably high and sitting here on race morning it, there is a reasonable breeze coming in has dropped off a bit from what it was during the night because as we were lying there sleeping last night it was 
howling in. Uh, the swim course here down in Wanaka, beautiful. You won't beat it anywhere else in the world. Maybe Kona, you know, when you've got the aquatic life there, but it's a very nice freshwater swim. Uh, you do, for the full athletes, they're doing two laps counterclockwise. Uh, and yeah, just a little bit of chop out there today, but they'll be going up into a headwind to start. Two laps, uh, for the obviously for the halves, they only do one lap. And I think you know what we're probably going to see in the, the pro race is things are really going to get split up because when you've got the likes of Dylan McNeese, who's a you know he's the one he's been led the swim out in Kona, and you've also got Javier Gomez and Tony Dodds, who's an ITU specialist. I'd say chances are those three are going to get a breakaway in the swim. And whilst there are some other good swimmers in there, you've got to expect they're going to have a pretty decent lead. Uh, and then you're going to have uh, Luke McKenzie. I don't think he'll keep up with those guys, but he'll probably come out with Braden Curry and one or two others and probably Luke Bell. So there'll be a couple of packs, I think. Uh, you'll see the, the, the sort of former short course guys and the short course guys like Gomez come out. Then you'll see another pack with uh, probably Bell, McKenzie and one or two others. And then you're going to have the non-swimmers, uh, the likes of Joe Skipper and um, Dougal Allen and just really seeing how far behind they are coming out so it's exciting times I'm just sitting here and we're coming up to close to 6.45 so the the full athletes are starting to get in and uh, they're going to be in for a good day and if you're listening to this race and you do want to go to a race where you're not going to have you know the hundreds and hundreds of people on the course worrying about drafting and you really want to go out there and, and get a good honest test this is the race to come to for a full but you're not going to hear too much from Bevan today because he's on the microphone. I can hear him and Mark Watson yabbering away trying to get this crowd fired up. Uh, but we're settling in. It's going to be a good day. And I'll, I'll give you updates as we go through the day, mainly on the half-distance race, really uh, how it unfolds with Javier Gomez. Uh, and then the main focus of today's show will be trying to get as many interviews post-race as possible. So uh, sit back, relax, and enjoy how Challenge Wanaka unfolds. Okay, there is a reason why Bevan and I do podcasting and we're not professional sports broadcasters is because normally I get my predictions fairly well wrong and today is no exception. So we're fairly early in the race but things have changed since I did my first little report at 6.30. The wind has dropped right away, it's beautifully calm but uh, we have had just a little bit of rain to start the um, start the bike ride so conditions are a little bit cool and uh, not too bad about 16 17 degrees centigrade and what's happened is I can actually have some sort of claim to fame today because uh, my wetsuit actually led out of the swim in the full distance so Tyrone Hellier led out of the swim and he borrowed my wetsuit after his uh, breaking earlier in the week so that is my claim to fame nothing else goes right today at least I've got one thing out of this weekend so in the main race though uh, as I said didn't necessarily quite go to my predictions uh, out of the swim because it was a larger pack than anticipated coming out I thought Braden Curry and a few of the others would get distanced but as it turned out he managed to stay there and that could potentially be the winning move of the day if he uh, takes it off at the end because uh, I expected Gomez to be at the front you expected Dylan McNeese to be at the front you expected uh, Tony Dodds to be there but as it turned out it was also Graham O'Grady and uh, and Braden Curry also made the made the group 
And so where I'm situated now is about 35 kilometres into the bike ride and the lead men have come past and it is down to just three in the lead group. So Braden Curry was coming through town. He was humping his bike like you wouldn't believe. If you remember back to the Kona coverage from last year, he uh, actually took the lead at uh, Ironman Hawaii and you could see his head bobbing around a little bit but I'm standing where they come through town and he was just humping it and uh, I think Gomez was uh, sitting in second, Dylan McNeese was in third uh, with, the, with all three of them together and then Tony Dodds dropped off a bit but the big move on the bike Dougal Allen was five minutes out coming out of the swim behind the leaders and uh, coming through town 35 k's in he's not only bridged past the second chase group that included the likes of Joe Skipper, Luke McKenzie, uh, Luke Bell but he's bridged it past them and he was in front of them and he'd got that gap down to two and a half minutes within 35 k's so he is a man on a mission but realistically to have any shot, shot today he is going to have to make up that time to the front group and he's going to have to have you know you've got to think a good sort of three four five minute lead off them uh, from the bike to be able to hold off the likes of Gomez or Braden Curry so Lots happening, it's all moving and um, fantastic conditions for racing, you know, just a little bit of rain coming down, uh, but nice and cool, so the athletes should have a good day. Those with 0% fat might just struggle ever so slightly, but uh, it's looking good, it's supposed to clear up a little bit later on, and uh, we've got the full athletes, Tyrone Hellier is leading the race fairly comfortably, so he is going to have a solo TT out there all day, and uh, just waiting on the first girls to come out um, onto part through 35Ks of the bike um, but I know Laura Wood was second out of the swim or second or third we had um, we had the Australian whose name uh, Annabelle Luxford she was first out of the swim I think Laura Siddell was quite a long way down so uh, yeah the girls race was certainly fairly spread out and I'm still waiting for them to come through 35k on the bike so a little further updates on the race uh, the girls side of things Annabelle Luxford at 35k mark had a uh, couple of minutes lead over the next athlete, and she was three minutes up on Laura Siddell, uh, so 35Ks in. She's looking pretty good. I think uh, Laura Siddell is probably not quite as strong a runner as Annabelle Luxford if she's on fire, so got a bit of work to do. So next up update I'll do will probably be off the bike. Um, I'm, I know you guys will probably know the end result, but uh, just to give you a bit of a feel for where everybody is, a little bit about the bike ride down here. It is a fantastic course. You start in uh, the township of Wanaka and you do an out and back um, over just a really nice hilly section um, out towards uh, one of our main ski fields out here called Treble Cone. Uh, it's pretty much hills all the way, very, very little flat. Uh, but a nice way to start the ride, get you really well warmed up and where we're situated now is in the town and uh, as they're coming past us here at the 35k mark they're going up a hill and the weather has uh, yeah, a little bit of rain still but you know warm enough so the athletes should be quite nice, spectating, it's a little bit hit and miss. Um, so once they come through town uh, they've got a fairly decent climb to get out of town and then uh, in a bit of rolling stuff and a, and a really big climb out towards uh, a place called Lake Hawea, a really beautiful part of the course, quite exposed. And then you have a much more flatter periods or false flats uh, for quite some time and then you turn back towards town, you have a couple more longer climbs and the good thing with the race here is you do have a downhill finish uh, to be off the bike so it gives you a chance to, to loosen up. At least that's the same for the half athletes. For the full athletes they've got to uh, then head out and do another lap. So 
so uh, really is a very challenging bike course big chip out there there isn't really much wind at all today um, but there is a little bit of uh, a little bit of rain to deal with big chip lots of climbing uh, there is plenty of flat but it's often false flat and it's often with a wind so great bike course if you want to get properly tested you won't be setting any personal bests out here but you will have a very scenic lovely ride so that's about it next up we will have the athletes coming off the bike okay news from the course is that we've now finished the bike ride and uh, it's fair to say the weather has not been playing ball so far today the rain has uh, been a bit more steady than the forecast predicted um, but the pros have made it off the bike and things actually all came together off the bike uh, <laughs> and uh, what ended up happening was that Dougal Allen and Joe Skipper and their little posse ended up riding all the way up to the lead group so coming off the bike uh, there was a big gaggle of them together you kind of think that somebody with ITU pedigree might smoke everybody through transition, but he didn't. Javier Gomez almost forgot about him. He was so far back uh, coming out of transition. So storming out of transition first was Dougal Allen, followed by Braden Curry, the two local fellas. And then uh, a bit of a lineup came out with Dylan McNeese, Jesse Thomas, Joe Skipper, and last but not least was Javier Gomez. So it's going to be really interesting to see how the run unfolds. And we're just sitting here now waiting for the girls to come off the bike and I believe Laura Siddle has uh, pretty much ridden up to the front of the course with um, Annabelle Luxford so they should have a good old ding dong battle out there on the run. So conditions great for the athletes you know it'll be nice and cool out there on the run and with this uh, bit of precipitation they will be finding that uh, the dirt parts of the track are probably running a bit better it's not enough rain to make it muddy as such but it'll just dry off and won't be quite so dusty so for the athletes absolutely fantastic for the spectators not so good today so uh, it does look like it's just about to clear shortly my wife lovely wife Belinda who is on her 12th anniversary with me today which has been constantly reminded of that I'm bringing her out to a triathlon event on our 12th anniversary but uh, she's braving the weather and the, the forecast was it's supposed to stop at 10 o'clock the rain it was past 10 and it's still raining uh, so fingers crossed we get it to dry off for the finish so next thing you'll probably hear will be the post-race interviews and hopefully they're not too cold and I can get a good old chin wag with Javier Gomez because I know we all want to figure out what he's going to be doing with the rest of his year uh, it's just going to be very interesting to see if he uh, does actually pull out the full uh, the full noise on the run and actually runs his way through but uh, those guys at the front did look like like look pretty determined okay John so then they, they got off the bikes and the run started and it was pretty fascinating because Gomez they all came off the bike together Gomez had a very slow transition and Braden Curry was lip, literally trying to do the Olympic sprint <laughs> yeah I was standing about um, I don't know maybe 300 meters into the run or so and uh, and that, that spread out I, I didn't see them go into transition so but they all came off more or less together but um, you know standing there and it was Dougal Allen sort of took off in first place and Braden Curry as you said um, look he is an amazingly fast runner but it uh, he does uh, he really works it you know there's a lot of body movement a lot of arms are really pumping but he really looked like he was going for it and they kind of all went past was, I don't know, six or seven of them. And um, I'm kind of thinking, oh, cool, it's race on. And I'd completely forgotten about Gomez. And he comes past, and he was, I think, on the splits, I think he was 40 seconds yeah, down. Yeah, he was. 47, about uh, 46, I think it was. he came past, and I thought, bloody hell, is he, is he just going to um, cruise the run? Um, and, and it did take him a long time to, 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 to reel the guys in, and it didn't, didn't catch them until, uh, until about halfway through the run, until he caught Braden Curry.
made such a slow transition? Because he he came in that front pack. Yeah, I don't know. You know whether yeah. he was just. He's a nice to you guys, so you you kind of thinking, well, this guy's going to smash transition. <laughs> I know, uh, and that was one stupidly because I didn't really quite. I just forgot to ask him that question um, in the in the post race interview. So you will hear from him, but I did forget to ask that one. Uh, but yeah, look, the run panned out it was like the race organizers dream you've got your local hero Braden Curry on the front just going for it and then you had Gomez um you know bearing down on him and eventually caught him and 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 then what the cool thing was he didn't just pull away he um it, you know he basically just stayed you know 10 to 20 seconds in front for mm. the rest of the race and it didn't didn't bungee out you kind of expected that it, that it would do so look these run splits are Incredible! I, I can't remember what I predicted last week, but it is incredible. Gomez ran a one twelve thirty nine, and this it is not a flat course by no way, shape, or form. It is unbelievable. You've probably got. I think they claim you know about seventy percent of the course that is um, off road and it's on trail, so it's hard packed trails most of the time. But we went and ran around the course, and there is some soft sand sections, and yeah. you have got a really decent climb in the middle, and then you've got some quite spikers a bit of up at and the down. end. Yeah. So, uh, and, and the thing is, it was slightly long. Most of the files that I'm looking at were about 21.4. And I think Gomez said when I interviewed him, he had 21.4 or 21.5. So that's like another minute or so longer. So you're looking at a 111 run split, um, which is just insane. But also Braden Curry, he ran a 113 yeah. and Jesse Thomas ran a 114. So that was your top three. So just awesome running. And I've got to, you've got to take your hat off to Dylan McNeese as well. It sounded like he was in the hurt locker on the bike and... And, um, and put in a solid 118. So, yeah, some really good racing on the run. Yeah, and Dylan must have just passed Dougal then. Dougal Allen, previous long course champion, he was he he left it out there, man. He was buried at the finish. But um, I think Dylan must have just got him close to the finish. You'll hear about that from Dylan. I did, did interview him. Um, I didn't didn't get an interview with Dougal Allen. I don't think he was in his happy place. I probably should have just shoved the mic in front of him and gone for it anyway. Uh, yeah. And Joe Skipper, he he faded on the on the run as well. He only finished in seventh place, uh, and Luke Bell faded even even further Luke McKenzie within sixth place so it really was a very good quality field and uh and good racing to boot yeah girl side of things girl side of things I've just got to put my filter on it was actually I didn't see the finish of the girls because I was um off interviewing uh the guys and I knew it was close but I didn't realize quite how close it was and then I saw the video clip afterwards and there was only what was there uh 11 seconds yeah. in it so Laura Sedell yeah. finished in second place Annabelle Luxford in first and then uh you know a long gap back 11 minutes back to Amelia Watkinson so yeah Laura Sedell second again four times second and I have I have you will hear from her in a moment and uh, it is her fourth time second at Challenge Wanaka. Well and the funny thing was because Annabelle got a bit of a lead and it was actually similar to the men's race in that um, the winner have got a bit of a lead and you kind of thought okay well they've got the lead they're going to break away and it's the end of the day but in both races with Braden and Laura they both hung tough and and you know like, we were only that like, seconds behind like the run split was 10 seconds difference and that was the race really wasn't it so mm-hmm. it was uh yeah, it was good on Laura because, you know, she could have just kind of 
pulled the plug, but she didn't. She fought hard right to the end, but Annabelle took it out. It was a good race. And again, honest run splits. These girls ran 124, um, Annabelle Luxford. And again, on that course, that's uh, that's decent. You know, that's sub four-minute case. Uh, so solid, solid riding. So Annabelle Luxford finished 427.02, 10 seconds back to Laura Siddell, 427, and Amelia Watkinson, third, 438. Four minutes back to Christine Cross, and you do hear from her. I'd never heard of her before, and she is from Kailua Kona. So you're going to hear from her and Hannah Wells in fifth place. Okay, John. Um, just just overall in, in the run, I mean, what you know, perfect race, isn't it? You know, perfect for a spectator. You know, really cool thing to do oh, or to watch at least. Yeah, no, really, really cool course. Just a, it's just a, and, and you you hear it from these pros in a moment. That's just a good, honest course. It's not stupidly hard. Like the hills are decent, but you don't need like a road bike or anything to be able to get them or any special gearing. But just a good, honest course. You've got plenty of hills. You've got, uh, you have got a decent amount of flat section where you can just sit on your aero bars. And the run is just pleasant. You know, you don't, you don't go out there expecting to see thousands of people like you might do elsewhere because, you know, the first, you know, once you're, once you're out of town, it's, you know, you've got a long stretch where you're on, on trails and you're not really going to see many spectators, but you've got scenery to look at. You've got aid stations to look forward to. So, yeah, no, it's just got lots of points of difference this race um john we had the four races as well uh so let's kind of talk about what happened in that race yeah so um as you will have heard earlier on um, my wetsuit led out of the swim the uh the trusty blue 70 i actually lent it to tyrone who ended up second place overall but he did lead out of the swim uh swim times were quite slow so tyrone swims a little bit slower than me and he swam a 59 would have probably expected him to be closer to 55 um but the story of the day richard McClue, uh he had a poor swim he swam 116 but came through the 507 bike split that is bloody that's bloody impressive on that bike course Uh, and then ran a 3.17. The gap on the run stayed more or less the same. So he passed Tyrone fairly late in the ride. I think it was about 160, 170K, something like that. Uh, and then the gap stayed pretty much the same on the, the run, uh, and he pulled, went away and won in 9 hours, 46.40. So his splits, 116 in the swim, 5.07 on the bike, and 3.17 on the run. Tyrone was second. Uh, he did a 59-minute swim, 5.26 on the bike, and 3.26 on the run. That's his first ever iron distance race. And then in third place was Thomas Bauschberger from Germany. Uh, did 112, 526, and 333. So goes to show with those guys, you know, the, the swim was a fairly big differentiating factor because Thomas, um, yeah, he lost again 13 minutes to Tyrone in the swim. And part of the reason for these guys possibly having slower swims, it was a pretty small field and so very isolated in the swim. So you kind of just had to settle in and, and do your thing. There wasn't any packs or anything like that coming through. So that was your top three. And in fourth place overall was our first yeah. female, which is bloody yeah. impressive. And her time is is, is very handy on, the, on that course. Uh, so uh, Misa Klaskova took it out, and it was a complete dojo domination. She came home in 10.35. Uh, she swam 104, biked 5.35, and ran 3.49. So she's from the Czech Republic. Second place was Kylie Hendrickson from New Zealand in 11.20 and third place uh, Emily Mabin, I think she's from Christchurch in 11.30 so not close racing for first but reasonably close racing for second and I'd say 
ballpark at this race, you know, if we're comparing it to, say, a challenge road or something like that, you're probably looking at around about, I don't know, maybe 30 minutes slower on this course compared to what you might get at road, just as a bit of a ballpark looking at those times. I'd say long, slower than 30. Mm. Are you thinking of the pros? You think of what the pros did in Challenge Wanaka? Yeah, and the full, what do they normally go in the full? I don't they, they used to go, the best was about 840. Mm. So that'd be about right. Take 30 minutes off that. I think for the, the slower you get, the bigger the time gap's going to be. But, you know, you'd think for the, the pros that are winning in Wanaka, they go 8, 840 there. And then if they go 810 and wrote, that's probably about right. Oh, yeah, I suppose you could call. Um, okay, John, so uh, one other thing that happened this year, and it's actually quite interesting talking about to the race director about this, they brought out the Aqua Bike option. And in some ways it's really wise because it's a few weeks out from Ironman New Zealand. So for many athletes who are doing like Ironman New Zealand, it's a good chance to have a good blowout, do your swim bike, and then obviously not kill your legs in the run. But the thing he also said was that a lot of people who got injured in doing the fall – it was an option that they could do because they you know, often the injury is a run injury. And he said, so I think he said the majority of them actually came from the four who were injured. So it gives that injured athlete a goal that they can still work towards. Yeah, I, I kind of was thinking, oh, the aqua bike, I don't, don't know how I feel about it, but I, I feel the same now. I thought it was a really good idea, um, especially at smaller events like this where, it, it, you know, ultimately it is about bums on seat. You know, these guys have got to make sure that the event doesn't run at a loss. And so they've got to figure out how they can get more bums on seats without compromising the you know the um event for for the other athletes so i think it's um it worked out really well and there was a lot more people racing than i expected and it also it's, it's different you know of course if you're if you're entered in the the full or the half and you can't do it because of the run if you go and do the swim and the bike and your dnf it's kind of like doesn't really mean anything but by having the aqua bike option you can actually go out there and compete and actually go yeah okay, i'm gonna go for it on the bike and i can actually compete here rather than just uh having a dnf which is still a good training day but it's not quite the same so um yeah and i thought it worked well well just i'll quickly name the winners of both categories matt bradbury won in a time of three th- uh, 21 25 but michaela harvey was only 322.45, so she's only a minute behind the male one nice work yeah, second overall. So love that. Got yeah, you good thing. Very nice. So so there you go. So that, that was kind of cool. So let's do a sponsor, John. Extreme endurance. So galactic buffer. Remember, promo code IMTalk20 gets you 20% off uh, any products at Extreme Endurance. If you go through the .com.co.uk or dot EU website. They've got, as well as all the other products we talk about, they've got their Omega 3 plus D3. So Omega plus D3 is a comprehensive formula providing very high levels of EPA and DHAs, which are your fatty acids, uh, your Omega 3 fatty acids in superior triglyceride form, along with 4,000 international units of vitamin D3 and several clinical studies. The triglyceride form of Omega 3s is shown to be more bioavailable than an ethyl ester form so it promotes healthy response to exercise induced inflammation keeps helps keep immune system strong loaded with epas and dhas promotes a healthy heart brain and joint mobility and it's got vitamin d3 so it's gluten-free soy-free and non-gmo it's only 29.50 for a bag of 60 soft gels so bevan i know you love your your omega-3s as well so guys if you want to get on it keep your cells nice and healthy check it out xendurance.com and look up omega plus d3 
And, I, and one thing they do have on their website is that with all the products, they have the auto ship option. And so it is good, you know, if you find a product you like, you know, like, you know, you take your supplements and you know that you're going to kind of, that's going to last you, let's say two months, uh, then, you know, you can just get it auto ship. So it just kind of turns up every two months, which keeps it nice and easy. So when you're going to the checkout, you can check out the auto ship option and that way it'll just keep turning up and you'll be able to use it non-stop forever so it's xendurance.com guys okay john we're doing a one two three four hold on we're gonna we'll insert all the interviews now shall we and then we'll come back and do the high five okay okay we'll do that well we're going to put all the interviews on john did lots of great interviews with all the pros so here are the interviews right now okay man of the moment is javier gomez who's uh Please race organisers by coming down to Christ, uh, coming down to Wanaka, not Christchurch, and uh, racing today. So I guess the listeners first want to know, what, what are you doing in New Zealand and why did you choose to come down here? Well, I was training in Tauranga for the last couple of months. Uh, my girlfriend, she's from there. Um, yeah, and I was in Wanaka back, what was it, three years ago. And I uh, had a great time here, and all, I knew the area, I knew the race. So once I was in New Zealand, I wanted to do it, and it was a great experience. A tough, tough course, tough race, but uh, really fun and really good. What's your strategy out there? When you, you know, you, you're, without being arrogant, you're the strongest runner in the field. Um, are you sort of just sitting in there watching what's going on on the bike, or how aggressive was it out there today? Well, I had to, you know, on the bike we did a pretty good job, but we were caught by uh, K80 or K75. And uh, so I just tried to stay in the group and on the run. Uh, I really had to run fast. Brian Curry, he was amazing. He was flying. And we ran 112, 21.4K on that course. It's much faster than expected. So, uh, yeah, really happy, really happy. Awesome. Now, what's the, the plan for the year? You know, lots of people want to hear about your Ironman plans. Um, I know you might not be able to announce where you're going, but what's your sort of plan for the season given that you've got an, auto, an automatic slot to Kona and theory you could just go and walk around a course if you needed to? Yeah, well, Kona is going to be my goal. I want to train for that as, as, as good as I can and I try to be very fit there and do another Ironman. Not sure where yet. Uh, hopefully something around June. Um, and, yeah, it's going to be a long year, so building up slowly, doing the, the, the training, doing all the, the work properly and uh, learn uh, this the distance, you know. I'm 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 a rookie. <laughs> Even though I've been racing for 20 years, but this distance is new for me. So I got a lot to learn and uh, hopefully to improve. A lot of people wondered why you didn't make the change last year. You know, post Olympics, we know you had the injury. What was the motivation last year to sort of stick with the short course? Well, I enjoy short courses, just <laughs> like that. And um, before Olympics, I broke my elbow, and I didn't want to retire from uh, Olympic distance with a broken elbow. I wanted to come back and prove myself that I still could win. And I was second in World Championships. I won two of the races. I won 70.3 70 Worlds, so it was a great year. And I thought this was uh, a good year to try the longer stuff. And, yeah, I just do what I feel like, really. Uh, uh, this is a very tough sport, and you have to do all the time where you're what motivates you and then yeah that's why I'm doing long distance now. <laughs> Anything that scares you about Kona? You know, what do you think is the biggest challenge and what are you going to have to change the most about your training this year? Well it's uh, have a lot of respect to that race the rivals first of all because everyone's really fit really strong there and the conditions obviously the, the heat and the wind um, yeah it's a very tough race I was there a couple of times even though I didn't race and uh, it's, a, it's a very uh, tough environment so yeah I have a lot of things to learn and uh, all the nutrition you know that kind of stuff that I've, I'm not really used to it 
But um, yeah, we'll see how it goes and uh, try to keep working and improving. So just finally, in the course today, you know, maybe for the listeners who went to 70.3 Worlds, maybe contrast, say, today as opposed to the type of course you had at 70.3 Worlds last year. Well, last year was a really tough course, but it was all on, on asphalt. And here we have all the gravel, all the trails and really steep climbs. And uh, it was longer than 21.1, actually. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I had to run really, really fast. Uh, uh, I couldn't relax for, for a moment. Uh, I, I enjoy this kind of courses. I like better this than, than a flat course. And uh, it suits me. Finally, in Spanish, um, maybe say something in Spanish about how you're going to kick everybody's butts this year. So for our Spanish listeners. Bueno, este año voy a pasar más larga distancia y espero ser competitivo y, y dar guerra en Hawaii. Fantastic. You've been, uh, you've pleased a lot of people by racing here. So congratulations on a great race. Glad. Thank you. <laughs> okay, we've got third place finisher Jesse Thomas made the trip all the way out from. Uh, from America to race today, finished up in third place. Uh, tell us a bit about the course today compared to what you, you know, you've done loads of races around the world, maybe Wildflower, I don't know if that's sort of vaguely similar, but yeah. compare this to other races you've done. It reminded me a lot of Wildflower. Um, it's not, um, it's actually, you know, not as hard <laughs> as Wildflower, even though this was very, very hard today. Um, the thing that made it, the thing that was harder today than the stuff, than Wildflower is just the heavy roads, like kind of, I don't know what you guys call it here. Big chip. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what it was. It just and that's just slow. You don't get much speed out of anything. So you just you're just grinding the whole day. Um, and then we had, you know, kind of biblical conditions out there. We had the sideways rain coming in at one point with big gusts of wind, and then it like opened up and was beautiful. You know, um, but it was. I mean, for me, it was right in my wheelhouse. Cold weather, hilly, tough, honest bike course trail run I mean that's that's Oregon you know that's that's where I grew up and so so for me it felt like home so what's going through your mind on the bike you know you've got I'd imagine the Kiwis and um, oh, yeah. and the big hitters is trying to smash it on the bike you're thinking I've got Gomez in this group how the hell can I outrun him yeah. what's your sort of tactics on the bike when you're in a situation like that I was I mean I was very cognizant for me that it, you know coming from the US it's February I'm not you know February for me is like mostly I'm, I'm in beer you know shape <laughs> about 10 pounds heavier than I was at Kona and so I, I was I was wanted to be kind of conservative the guys on the bike didn't let me be conservative I basically you know at, the, at some point you make a decision you're like are you gonna try to stay with the guys or not and um, I decided I'm gonna just stay and if I blow up I blow up and um, and I and I was pinned uh, four or five times just staying with Joe and Dougal and uh, Luke were really nailing it up in the front and I was kind of always second or third wheel behind those guys um, and then uh, and then I was I kind of we passed you know we, we caught Javier we caught Braden and um, and then when we got there Joe kept going I was gonna try to go with him and I was just like no man I, I don't I've got, I got nothing and uh, and then I was just you know hey I knew I was smoked so I was, you know, I didn't know what I was going to run like, but I, I was really surprised with my run. The first few miles was like going cruising by guys, and I felt like I was breathing pretty casual and um, really happy with how it turned out. Yeah. What's what's the Kiwi experience been like? I mean, you talked about the rain, but we're standing now at the finish line, and this is just incredible. So, how, how long have you been down here, and what's your sort of plan? Unfortunately, I, the the original plan was to come with my family and stay for a couple weeks. But then we did a, we did a vacation, kind of a last-minute vacation with my family. If 
uh, about five or six weeks ago. So when we looked at the cost of everything and, and getting away from work, it just didn't make sense. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm business trip here, man. You know, this is my job. I got in, I flew 30, it took me 36 hours to get here. I got Wednesday night, I fly out Monday morning and uh, back home to two kids and my, and my business, you know? And so, uh, but well worth the trip, man. I mean, it's even stunning. Yeah, even regardless of being, of, of having a good day, it was well worth the trip before that, just to see it, experience it. And I definitely want to try to come back again and, and bring the family and make a, make a real trip out of it. And I'd imagine for you, I mean, you probably maybe race Gomez maybe at 70.3 champs, but it must yeah. be pretty cool to stand on the line with that dude oh, and just totally. see where you stack up. Yeah, I've raced him twice at 70.3 champs, which, which was, you know, basically, yeah, see him at the, at the start line. Yeah. And then, oh, actually, one time I caught him on the bike in 2015. But then, uh, and then I've raced him one other time. I raced him at, uh, at Alcatraz one year, too. And um, it was cool today because I uh, caught him on the bike again and got to start the run, and I was at, like, it was actually one of the reasons I knew I was running decently was because he came out of the transition tent fairly close behind me and he didn't pass me for about two miles and I was like oh shit if I held off I'll be for two miles I must be running all right you know so and what's your plan for the rest of the year big plans is he sticking with halves are we going full Kona it's gonna be a mix um I, I I'm not gonna do Kona I'm not gonna do half Ironman world championships my um my theme this year is cool races in cool places and I just want to go hit as many of these kind of bucket list races that I haven't been able to do because I've always been trying to qualify for something and um, this was one of them and then I'll do you know I'm not supposed to announce it yet but I'll do a big one in Europe in July that'll be super fun and um, what just I know you said you're not going to Kona this year but what do you think of the new qualifying system they're going to bring in next year do you prefer that or do you like the current system no, it's tough to say, you know, like I haven't, I haven't looked at it enough to understand how it will affect it. I, it seems like you will have, like you will have less guys have to do, uh, you know, multiple Ironmans, hopefully. Um, but it's just hard to say, you, you know, it's, it's hard to like extrapolate that out. You got to get a, you know, Torsten or somebody to go in there and, and look at all the data and tell you like how it would have, how, how people would have qualified differently, you know? Um, for me, I think it's good, you know, I think the points thing was tough because you just like, you know, like I spent last year, I raced in, you know, Pukan, Peru, China, Lanzarote, like just going, just chasing points. And that's tough. And that's the main reason why I don't want to do it this year. You, you know, it's ironic because now I'm here in New Zealand, right? But like, but at the same time, like, I just get to go pick and choose the races that are good for me that I, that I dig and... And, uh, and you got to remember, guys, this is a dude that beat Jan Frodeno at an Ironman last year. You're going to hold on to that one for a while. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. I've, I, I'm happy with what I've accomplished in Ironman. And, and, uh, and, I'm, and even though I didn't have great days at Kona, I'm, I'm satisfied with the fact that I qualified. And, and, and my finish is there. It's a tough race. And, and so, but I don't want to make Kona. I think there's a tendency to make Kona the be-all, end-all in the sport. Uh, across every level, amateurs to pros. And there's just so much more to the sport than that. And I want to make sure that I don't sacrifice too many years in pursuit of just that singular goal, you know? So be nice this year to just do some other stuff and, 
and experience what you know some of the other things the sport has to offer. Fantastic. Uh, same for age groupers. It's not all about Kona sometimes. Final plug. Uh, p to tell us about your business. So you give a little plug for your business. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, Picky Bars. You know, my wife and I started about eight years ago. It's real food for performance. Um, it's going really well. We we uh, we've got ten employees in the U.S. It's a legit little business. We did you know over a couple million in sales last year and and um we just launched a performance oatmeal line so i would picky oats so i'd check uh i'd encourage any of you guys to check that out because it's doing really well people the response has been really really good and uh it keeps me balanced man i mean there's a lot to do at home you know between the two kids and and the third kid which is the business so um but but i love it and and i love the mix of sport, family, and 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 business, and uh, it's it's a good life. Fantastic third place today, Jesse Thomas. Thanks. My pre-race predictions was that uh, coming out of the swim, we might have a little breakaway with Dylan McNeese and Javier Gomez and uh, maybe Tony Dodds. Panned out that um, it was a bit of a bigger bunch than I had anticipated. With um, Braden Curry managed to hang in there and one or two others. So I've got with me Dylan McNeese, who I think he might have got pipped out of the swim by Tony Dodds, maybe. But uh, was that the case? Yep, that was the case. I um, actually said to Dodsy before the swim, I said, "Just go for it, and I'll <laughs> I'll sit on your feet and hold on." And that's what he did. And uh, there was plenty of pace on the swim and plenty of pace on the bike, plenty of pace on the run. It was just fast all day. So, I mean, what are you, what are you thinking on the bike? Because you know you've got Braden in there who's a pretty solid runner. You've got uh, Javier Gomez in there who's probably going to outrun everybody. Um, what's your sort of tactic? Are you just trying to hang in there or what was going on on the bike? Um, they dropped me straight away up the first hill. Uh, they dropped all of us, actually. Uh, Dodsy held on because he's a good climber um, and actually took me all the way to Hospital Flat to get back on. So I worked pretty hard just to minimise the gap through those early hills and then to slowly bridge the gap and caught them got dropped again on another hill caught them we dropped Dodsey somewhere I kept getting dropped on every hill they were just flying up those hills and uh it was it was tough work I felt like I was chasing all day and then what, what, what sort of happened when the um the big kahunas came through Joe Skipper and um and Dougal Allen did the the pace really uh ratchet up yeah, um, out the back of Hardware we got, a got our first time split which was 50 seconds to the group and it was uh, Bevan McKinnon told us and he said to the whole group, like everyone and it was by the stage it was uh, Gomez, Braden, and myself and so I sort of went to the front, just tried to drive it, tried to keep that gap um, which is probably stupid in the end and uh, they caught us at Airport Hill and Joe Skipper just came flying past and my legs were already gone and uh, I started yo-yoing on and off the back and um, I actually came in last of the group of eight, probably about 10 seconds behind but just managed to have a good transition and get out second and uh, that probably saved me a little bit. You must have had a pretty decent run out there, I mean those guys, the calibre of those front couple are uh, just legendary um, but I think you came in fourth so uh, how satisfied were you with your run? Yeah really happy, um, 118.47 at 21, almost 21.5k so um, I was running as fast as I could and uh, I felt like a diesel and felt like Ironman fitness so um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy to be honest. Uh, it would have taken two more minutes, I think, to catch Jesse and be third, so that was out of the question. Um, but two more weeks and it's Ironman New Zealand, so uh, I think things are going, going pretty well. On the run course, I assume it's the same as last year, there is a little um, out and back section. That must have been a bit nerve-wracking because I think um, Mackenzie wasn't too far behind you and same with Dougal Allen, was that the case? Uh, yeah, Mackenzie was just behind me, but... I I'd passed him already, so I felt like I sort of had the measure of him. I didn't know, of course, you know, people finish strong sometimes and you can also blow up. 
But uh, Dugues was still in front of me actually, um, but he was suffering, so that was I was gunning for Dugues and uh, managed to catch him just at the boat ramp, so about a k to go. And he just said to me, "Mate, it's yours." <laughs> so I don't know whether he was playing games, so I just kept pushing for a bit and uh, managed to sort of cruise the last 500. So, what's on the agenda for this year? Uh, I've got Ironman in two weeks. Um, I haven't really planned after that. Uh, I'm thinking of going back to Kona, so uh, I just want to race well. I haven't done a full distance race well since surgery so uh, that's my plan is to uh, just get to Ironman New Zealand and have a good one and then and then start planning the year. It's a pretty spectacular course down here, I mean all the guys, the overseas guys are saying they loved it, you know you had different conditions out there but it's, uh, it's a pretty unique course, you've done a lot of racing overseas so is it uh, one of your favourites? I absolutely love this place and this race it's, um, there is honestly nothing like it in the world everywhere I've raced um, there's always similar ele- similar, uh, <laughs> similar elements. Yes, yes. But here it's just uh, there are so many unique uh, things about it, and um, yeah, I just love it. And it's but it's brutal today. The the wind was not really what we're used to, and it actually rained like most of the race, which is also not common here. So uh, yeah, it was a good tough day, and there was no free speed out there on the bike. That's for sure. Fantastic. We look forward to seeing how you go at Ironman New Zealand and uh, you better go out there and uh, check in with a girlfriend. She might be too far away maybe. Yeah, it looks like she's one in her age group so she'll be happy and uh, I managed to see her just as I was about to catch Dougal on the run so she was gave me a big big shout and uh, just gave me that little extra push. So, yep, she'll be out there. I'll go and see her soon. Awesome. Thanks for your time. It's Dylan McNeese. Okay, we've got second place here, Braden Curry. Uh, apparently just wandered out of the medical tent, so he's obviously pushed himself. He's got his Red Bull uh, chowing down on that. So hometown hero, finished second place, only a few seconds behind Javier Gomez. Um, I was predicting that he might have a little group, sort of second group out of the swim. I know you swim well, but I wasn't quite sure you'd come out with Dylan McNeese, but he did, so you must have been stoked with your swim. Um, yeah, I was really happy with it. Uh, managed to get away with a good start, and... Uh, and uh, it was actually me, I was sort of just on Dodsey's feet for a minute and then uh, it wasn't until probably a couple hundred metres when Dill and uh, Gomez came up beside me and um, yeah, once they got past I was like, well, if I can stick on their feet then I'll be in a good place. So um, yeah, always always happy to swim with guys like that. What, what have you done, you know, in terms of your swimming to get yourself where you are now, you got it to a really high level, not coming from necessarily the strongest swim background. Has it been volume, has it been technique, has it been a combo, what have you done? Um, probably a, a just a bit of combo, you know. I think there's there's a lot of work to be done in your swimming, and then um, just thinking about like fluidity in the water and, and movement, and just trying to use uh, you know everything you can to your advantage. Um, so yeah, it's been probably what four or five years now, um, and probably in the last two years that I've really kind of I guess figured it out. Um, and uh, probably, I guess, you know, taking it back to a couple of years ago where I gave sort of ITU a good crack, you know, I, I actually learned a lot within six months um, about how to draft and how to follow people's feet and how to look after yourself in the swim. So um, I guess it makes me feel a lot more comfortable now coming into races like this and, uh, and I guess just confidence that I can swim with those guys at the front and, and give it from the start to be there. What's your strategy on the bike? You know, you've got Javier Gomez there, and you know if he's running on fire, he's going to be bloody hard to beat. Uh, when I saw you coming through town at 35k mark, you were look, you were humping it, man. You were just looked like you were going for it. I don't know if you were, but it looked like you were. Was the strategy on the bike to make it as uncomfortable as you could for Javier Gomez? 
Um, yeah, it probably was, to be honest. Um, I kind of, you know, Javier is such an incredible runner and, and got such a big endurance base, it's going to be pretty hard to crack him. But, um, yeah, I know these hills really well and my background's mountain biking and uh, I didn't want to I didn't want to blow myself to shreds, but I kind of was hoping if there's a chance to kind of hurt him a little bit, might be on some of the climbs and, and get away. Um, but, you know, he's just, he's an incredible athlete and, and great all-round athlete and um, he sort of hung tough and uh, yeah maybe in the end um, maybe then then that's what it came down to maybe that's his uh, you know his ability to read the race and I probably gave it a little bit hard and that was the 20 seconds in the end. How did it pan out on the run we obviously know that you were leading early on and he caught you but to talk us through sort of the pass and whether you hung with him or whether he put the burners on and, and how it sort of unfolded over the you know the second half of the run. Um, yeah, the run went really well. I, you know, I, I definitely felt the work I'd done on the bike um, early on, and probably wasn't running quite as fast as I was hoping. But um, yeah, I, I just kept pushing, and I, I actually hoped around the backside of the course. You know, I know that so well, and it's a bit more technical that I could sort of potentially keep the gap to Javier, um, what it was coming out of transition. But yeah, it didn't take long till what about. 12, uh, 9, 12, 10k, I don't know, into the race that uh, he caught me and um, probably in hindsight he caught me right on Gun Road, which is, oh, yeah. you know, when you're running against a guy whose glutes are probably twice the size of yours, um, up, a, up a consistent kind of sealed climb, um, you know, he just gave it and uh, he cracked me probably about halfway up. Um, and I guess uh, when we got to the top, I, I, I probably expected him just to keep the tempo on and, and take off but I, I think he probably hurt himself a little bit too and um, that gap kind of just stayed about where it was and every now and then I'd catch him having a quick look back and the pace would pick up a little bit and and uh, the gap would sort of you know change by 10 metres and then it would fall back to 20 metres and um, that's about it to the finish line. So um, the plan for the season, you know, we saw you on the front in Kona, giving it to it on the bike, and sadly you got that puncture, but is Kona very much the, uh, the main target for the year? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I've learnt a lot last year in a way that um, it's, a tough, it's a tough race, not just to race it, it's a tough race to actually get there. So, um, you know, I don't want to count my chickens before they hatch, but, uh, you know, I've got to get through Ironman NZ, I've got to get through... Um, Probably Asia Pacific, um, Kens, Ironman Kens, and uh, hopefully, you know, add that with a couple of 70.3s, and, and that should give me enough points to get there. And um, definitely, that's what I'll be targeting. I, you know, I had a, a, a pretty tough race last year, um, had a great swim, you know, and I was right where I wanted to be out of the water in that front group. and um, got to the front and was feeling the best I've probably ever felt race-wise and had the best lead up to it and uh, yeah it was definitely um, you know pretty uh, gut-wrenching to get a flat at that point of time and watch 35 guys roll past you till you can get a wheel and then um, fall off two minutes on that and, and uh, you know then I just I really to be honest I sunk myself and looking at my numbers um, afterwards was like yep that was the end of my day really trying to catch up. And apparently next year you're going to be uh, Big Brother's going to be doing the call up and you're re-racing coast to coast. 
Yeah, yeah, there's there's rumours I've got to get back and uh, support the family now. Um, so let's hope his uh, parents' fee money goes up. <laughs> it's some parents' fee money. <laughs> Braden's brothers is going to be the race director of our Coast to Coast in New Zealand. Awesome, fantastic race. Great to see you uh, get, keeping Gaviab Gomez honest out there and uh, well done on your hometown race. Yeah, thank you. Okay. One of, the, one of the points of doing these post-race interviews, I get to know some athletes that I don't know very much at all about. So today we're going to find out from Christine Cross. I think you finished, uh, I think it was fourth. Yeah. Uh, and she's got on her arm, don't, do not give. Uh, so. I used to stay in, but I'm a little bit sweaty. <laughs> Tell us a little about yourself, because I don't know too much about you, where you're from and, um, and what you're doing out here and how the experience has been so oh, far. For sure. Um, I'm... Uh, Based out of Kailua Kona, Hawaii. Oh, that's we heard that on the start yeah, line. Yeah, you would have been yeah, pretty yeah. pretty fresh this morning. <laughs> it was a little bit chilly for me. Um, I had the opportunity to come out here and race. I raced in, on the North Island in December, and I fell in love with the country. Uh, and the opportunity came up uh, early January. Uh, do you want to go race in Wanaka? Yes, that sounds like a great idea. So I changed changed the race schedule a little bit. Uh, to race really early, but um, I, I love the country, I love the hospitality, and, and really that was uh, the motivation behind coming down here and just experiencing the race that everyone talks about. Everyone says, like, this is the most beautiful race, and it's true. <laughs> so, you know, it was a, it was a good day. Um, it's my second year racing pro, so this was the first race of the 2018 season, and there's a lot more work to go. <laughs> and you're mainly focusing on halves, or are you doing halves and fulls? Uh, I'll race halves for at least the first half of the season um, and there may be a plan to jump to full towards the end of 2018. Uh, and, and are you a Kailua Kona, I mean you say you live there, are you, have you born and bred or have you moved over no, there because you fell in? Um, grew up in a military family, bounced around a little bit and uh, decided to move to Hawaii from Washington DC for a lifestyle change um, and it's it's a great community, it's a great town, you know, it's well known around the world, obviously. Um, but for those of us who live there year round, uh, you know, it's, it's a really tremendous triathlon community. And we get a lot of people that come through and train. So we get the opportunity to train with people from all around the world all year long. Um, and we just stay a tight knit group year round. And so tell us about your race today. Did it meet your expectations, were your fitnesses for this time of the year? Uh, I was pretty happy with it. Um, there was a lot of trail running. I'm definitely a road runner. <laughs> so, I mean, it was a great experience. It was a terrific learning experience, definitely um, some things to work on. And it's definitely early enough in the season to make some adjustments. Uh, but a lot of good information um, going into the rest of the year. So, you know, it was, I'm really excited about it. And I get to hang out for a couple more days and enjoy Wanaka. Fantastic. And if people want to follow you, you know, what's uh, you on social media, website, how do people follow you, find out a bit more about you? Um, my Instagram handle is crisscross try. Pretty simple. Um, everything matches. So, <laughs> yeah, I really appreciate the time. Fantastic. Well done on a good race. Thank you. Righty-ho. Um, we're going to start ripping into the females now. We've got Amelia Watkinson. Uh, I want to find out where she's actually located now because I know she was over in Thailand for a while. Um, so she's a Kiwi. So tell us a bit about where you're based at the moment, Amelia. Yeah, last year was a, a full 11 and a half months of travelling from uh, leaving New Zealand to getting back. So 
That was a really awesome experience, um, you know, a big aspect of what I love about the sport, but I definitely learned that um, sort of reach that next level of being a professional athlete, that's not the ideal way to do it. So um, going to try and settle in Aussie in Queensland, Noosa, um, in the next couple of months or so, just to sort of have a home base because it's been Asia, Europe, all over the show for the last year. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. You had some spanking performances over in Asia especially, I, I saw some of your races in Europe but um, is it sort of going as you expected, you know you're still pretty early in your pro career? Um, yeah I suppose, I think this is my third pro year now so I'm probably, I'm not um, sort of categorised as a, as a newbie anymore but I certainly have done a lot of racing in, in Asia, that was where I started, I really enjoy the heat and seem to race really well in it so um, I always go for that when it's, if I can can race there and do that, that's, I love it over there. Um, but this year I'll step it up a little bit and the goal is to to target 70.3 world champs in September in uh, South Africa, yeah. Um, and tell us about your day out there today, you know we had um, some of the girls were out there spanking it in the swim and you girls seem to be quite spread out so tell us about how the day unfolded and whether you got uh, chilly on the bike if you, you like the heat it was getting a little bit chilly on the bike. Yeah I, um, I struggle always with a colder um, temperature in the water I struggle to warm up on the bike so when the rain came down it made it more, more difficult again um, I put on some gloves which definitely helped but I did struggle a little bit maybe a bit of a wuss on those downhills in the rain as well so Laura went flying past me on the downhills and, and got a really good lead there. So some good technical skills on her side. Nice. And um, where to from here in terms of the rest of the season? You said you targeted on 70.3 worlds. Actually, before we do that, um, tell us about your run. You know, you come off the, the bike and, you know, the other girls uh, sort of neck and neck out the front. What's your, what's your strategy going into the run? Uh, did you think you could get them or was it more about trying to nail down third place? Yeah, I, I really didn't know how I was going to feel. I was I was comfortable, but I always like to go into the run, you know, saving a little bit for the last 7K. That tends to be my, my weak point where I start to start to battle a little bit. So I think I was consistent. My pace didn't slow down, but it didn't speed up. And those two girls were really fighting up front, and um, it sounded like a battle. So they they had a little bit of extra drive there, and they were nowhere in sight for me, unfortunately, today. So what's, what's the next couple of races for you? Um, actually left our luggage um, over in, in Asia for the last few months so going back over there there's a couple of um, it's a local race in Thailand next weekend which I'll do um, sort of halfway between a standard distance and a half Ironman and then three weeks later is um, 70.3 Davao in the Philippines so I just do those two before I have a little break um, and then start a really big build up for world champs and include a couple of races leading into that as well. So con contrast racing here, you know, we've got an amazing beautiful course down here in Wanaka, good challenging terrain on the bike and a bit of everything on the run. Um, over in Asia, you know, I know that some of those races are going nuts with the spectators like in Cebu and things like that. So um, quite, a, quite a difference racing here as opposed to Asia? Oh yeah, it can be actually. Of course the weather. Um, but just coming down the finish chute today, I mean, that was a pretty awesome crowd. Now that the rain's gone and the sun's out, everyone's come out from the cafes and bars. So that was a really cool experience and similar to what you get in Asia. Um, some of the Asian courses, to be honest, are super tough. Um, there's some in the north of Thailand which have like uh, one and a half metres of elevation. So they're certainly not too easy combined with the heat on the run. Um, just different tactics. 
shots and of course different shape. I'm probably not really in peak form at the moment, but I've certainly made the most of being in New Zealand and done some hard training, but um, I hope to be in better form through the middle of the year. And if people want to follow you, uh, you're active on social media, give yourself a bit of a plug or any sponsors or anything like that, mainly yeah, any social media or websites. Yeah, yeah, Instagram is, is the way to go. I like, I like pictures, <laughs> it says a thousand words, so um, find me on Instagram, Amelia Rose Watkinson. Website as well, and of course I'd love to say thank you to my sponsors, Essex New Zealand and Training Tilt. Um, also Flight Sender have just come on board, so so yeah, there's a um, bit of a transition for me after being on Teams for the last two years, so um, yeah, it'll be a transition year and looking forward to, to building some more long-term partnerships for the rest of the year. Fantastic, so that's Amelia Watkinson, third place today. I'm actually embracing your motto. Okay, we have uh, the female winner today. She went out there and uh, was leading out of the swim and then had a nice lead on the bike, but Laura Siddle caught her up and put the smack down, I'd imagine. So uh, first time racing in Wanaka, um, Annabelle Luxford. Uh, what did you think of the race out there in terms of the course? Um, the course, I mean, in the race, it brought everything that everyone always says about it. Um, all sorts of weather. If you look at the day now, it's spectacular. Uh, pretty freezing and dismal on most of the, the ride. A beautiful swim. Uh, yeah, I'm really happy. It's a pretty early season race for me. Took quite a long rest at the end of last year, so possibly a little underdone, but yeah, always happy to get a win. And um, Laura pushed me right to the line. She looks like she's in great shape for Ironman New Zealand in a couple of weeks. So what's, where, where are you sort of at in your career? You know, you've had an amazing ITU career, you've done some really awesome stuff over 70.3. Ironman, you know, we have, I don't think we've seen the best out of you. Are you still focusing on the halves or are you sort of uh, focusing more on, on falls? Um, I don't know, that's a question I kind of, I guess, um, don't quite know the answer to. Um, probably haven't seen the best of me from Ironmans. I guess there's um, potentially, I may never see the best, you know, get the best out of myself or what I'm capable of for an Ironman. It's, it's a challenging race or event and um, you really have to dedicate your entire life to that and I, I mean I work part time and I live in a place that's not conducive, Melbourne's not conducive really to Ironman training. Um, I've had such a long career of travelling the world that I mean, I do like to travel still, but I like to be at home as well. And um, yeah, so we'll see. What, what you say you travel a lot, and you must pick and choose your races. So why did you choose to come here? Um, yeah, because I could have just same weekend gone an hour down the road and raced Geelong. Um, I guess I have been racing for so long, and uh, you know, I like to go to different places and do different races. I probably won't sort of finish my career and look back in 10 years time and go oh that last trip to Geelong was great but I'm sure I'll um, yeah I mean very happy to visit Wanaka it's spectacular and uh, you know I've had a bit of an eventful trip but it's uh, you know with some not getting a, um, a shuttle pick me up at Queenstown Airport and then some lovely people they did a call out at the pasta party asking if anyone was going through Queenstown and um, two women picked me up in their farm truck, so they're the things you remember um, long when you're done with this sport. What's the, what's the agenda for this year? Um, I'm going to race Challenge Melbourne. It's in sort of probably, oh, I think, nearly two months. It's like, like a nice little two-kilometre trip from um, home. And after that, I um, yeah, I think I'm going to set my sights on uh, Ironman Australia and Port Macquarie. And do you think you'll, uh, you know, points... Depending on points, will you head to Kona or is that uh, ship sailed? 
No, I mean, that's definitely still in the works. Uh, I'm not sure whether I'll concentrate on that or 70.3 Worlds. I, with both with those events, sort of one being in South Africa and obviously Kona and then doing a couple of races in Europe, I think I have to um, pick wisely. Probably over, not over race last year, but over travelled and that left me pretty ragged at the end of the year. So just be a little bit smarter this year. And you're sticking around for a couple of days, look around Wanaka in Queenstown? No, unfortunately, I'm heading out tomorrow. I've got to be back at the desk job at 8am on Monday morning. Oh, okay, and if people want to follow you, what's, uh, what's, your, what's your handles and uh, website or anything like that? Uh, I think I'm just Annabelle, Annabelle Luxford on Twitter and Brizzy Bella on Instagram. Fantastic. Well, great work uh, winning the race. Uh, it's your champion today, Annabelle Luxford. Thank you. <laughs> okay, we've had... Um, Bevan Isles just make a, a great call at the finish line. He's doing the finish line uh, announcing, and we had a guy come across the line, and Bevan said, and here's whoever it was, and he's won his age group. Oh, whoops, no, sorry, you're actually fifth place. So he did a shocker, but we've got somebody who did get on the podium here. She got second place, Laura yeah. Siddell, against second place. Four, four times. What is it about this race? What do I have to do? I think they just like me. I think they make me come second, so I just come back every year. <laughs> it was pretty close because I saw out of the swim, uh, there was a bit of a gap there. Uh, Annabelle Luxford obviously had a great swim, and then uh, you managed to claw it back on the bike. Did you, did you ride to numbers, ride hard, or you just think, I've got to catch you? Um little bit of both so I knew going into the race roughly what numbers I was going to hold and so it was pretty much um, coming out of the water so far behind it gave me the chance to just focus on my own race um, so that was kind of a gain and I you know it, it's a big loop so you don't actually get that much chance to see where everyone else is in the field there's the first bit out at Glendue Bay where you get a little bit of a, an option and or a little bit of a insight into how far ahead the other women were um, and actually, when Annabelle was coming the other way, I was a bit like, oh, shit, she's actually uh, further ahead than that I was hoping. But the uh, turnaround at, out of Glendue Bay was actually a little bit closer um, this year, I think, with the um, extra bit round town at the end. So, But she was still a little bit further ahead than I'd, I'd have liked. Um, but I got some good splits then that I was actually probably taking quite a lot of time at her all the way. So, you know, I just, it was just head down for me and look at my numbers and, and ride the terrain how I know the course and hope that that played into my hands. And yeah, caught, managed to managed to catch her bottom of Airport Hill. So, what, 10, 15k to go, I think, yeah. And so, you know, she's got a great pedigree. She's an ITU athlete. She's done extremely well at 70.3s. Um, you're kind of the other end. You've done extremely well at, law, at, at fulls, and you do well at halves. Coming off the bike, how are your confidence levels in terms of what you think you could do on the run? Um, I still felt pretty, I felt pretty strong coming off the bike and starting the run. Um, you know, I knew Annabelle's a, a class act over the, over the half distance. I, knew she's a, I know she's a fantastic runner. I was just hoping that... Um, having caught her on the bike that maybe that would have trashed her legs a little bit um, and maybe she'd have struggled on the on the on our lovely Wanaka roads um, and also just um, knowing the course on the run hoping that maybe that played more into my sort of strength endurance um, skill set um, and knowing the course as well and hoping that maybe she wasn't quite as familiar with it or and again it might take a little bit more out of her legs and um, just not enough in the end of the day not enough. So, so we know that she came out on top, but how did it actually pan out on the, on the run course? We don't have TV footage out there. Did, was it a, a slow pass? Was it a, a quick pass? And did you hang with her for quite a while? Yeah, we, um, we ran pretty much side by side for the first couple of Ks, I think. Um, she, she came, sort of, she was in the lead to start with. I was sort of pulled up onto her shoulder and then I went ahead and um, 
I, I could hear it right behind me still sort of thing and then she she sort of came back and she just then started to pull away probably um four four or five k maybe um and she would just she was just going that a little bit faster but I was still running pretty well at that point and and uh, to kind of my pace um so I was kind of hoping that maybe she maybe she was going a bit too fast and would would blow up but I was just okay try not to let her get too far ahead so um trying to just keep keep moving forward and try and worked really hard in the outlet track so the the three k's that's on that narrow bit and and it's really hard you can't really see even if you're gaining on someone you can't really see them because of all the twists and turns but hoping just when I came out that I was a little bit closer to her or that she hadn't pulled away um and and yeah and came out and and she wasn't that far ahead so that was kind of pretty positive and I was still feeling pretty strong so I knew that you know with 10k to go it was just going to be have to be everything everything left and I could I could see her up the road and I was pulling her back in and pulling her back in but just um I, I still felt strong at the end just didn't have that probably extra gear of speed that that um to, to, to catch her and you know probably the the class of of Annabelle I would imagine that if I had sort of got on her shoulder I think she'd have had a had another gear to to go to um it, it was the same with Yvonne last year they again the run course it's one big loop so you don't really see um any of the other competitors there's a few sections where you can sort of see them up the road but there's one bit on the run course which has sort of an out and back turnaround and it was the same with Yvonne last year it, it's about 4k to go before the finish and you sort of go 200 meters down a road to a, around the uh, the cone and then come back so when you're gaining on someone that's the one point that they see you and with 3k to go they it's kind of very it's not very unless they've gone nuclear and and totally exploded you know they, they're always likely to to find a little bit for the last 3k so it's always going to be hard when they see you at that point um and i was still just digging and and kept clawing her back in and clawing her back in but just just not enough at the end so you know you've raced this uh, event several times as a full and when they changed it to half I know you, you preferred them to be keeping it as a full but is it quite different racing over this sort of course as a half compared to a full? I don't know if that makes sense or not but um, do you race it quite differently? Of course your power numbers are higher, your pace is a bit quicker but does it race a bit differently? Yeah it does and I think I'll have to sort of, I'll think I'm sure over the next few days kind of think a little bit more about that. Um, you know the type of course it is with the roads and unfortunately I mean we didn't have that much wind today but um, normally with a bit of wind there's only so much faster you can go on this kind of course from the full to the half because of the terrain and and the road surface and again on the the run the outlet track um, there's only sort of that much faster you can go so it's there's similarities similarities from that element but you do have to find another gear and um, as much as I love the full distance here and, you know, would have loved to have gone round again, you know, I was probably quite happy coming in off the water going, oh, I only need to do one lap and coming up, you know, um, Airport Hill going, all right, we've only got one, you know, that's it, done on the bike. And um, But I guess the other thing with that is like every time I was going around the bike course, I was like, you're only doing this hill once, you've only got this section once, so, you know, make the most of it, ride it well, ride it hard you don't have to come back and do it again and the same on the run it's like you only got one hit at gun road so don't f it up kind of thing or you only got one one chance down the outlet track so you got to make it all count and i think that's probably the difference of going uh, with it being that just one lap and the half distance you 
you you do just you've got to find that extra gear you've got, and especially against you know the the women that came to race this year over the half um there's a really strong swim field and a lot of new younger pros coming through which was fantastic to see but they're all sort of that got that um swim strength to start with so you know you've got to find another gear to to try and remove that def deficit i've still got to find another gear in the swim <laughs> i'm in new zealand in two in a couple of weeks time so uh we look forward to seeing uh, seeing you line up there. Yeah, yeah, excited. Um, as crazy as it sounds, I've never done a half distance to a full distance two weeks apart. I've only ever done a full to a full. So I'm a little bit apprehensive, but um, everyone thinks it should be easier, but I'm, like, I'm not so sure on that when you do a Wanaka course. But um, yeah, excited to head up there. So take some positives away from this race and um, yeah, go and, go and give that one a crack. What's your schedule for the next couple of days? Do you like go out for a spin this afternoon and then just do some easy training just to try to get over it initially and then maybe next weekend do a decent session? Um, yeah, I haven't got anything actually this afternoon. So, uh, I mean, normally this is the fall, so we'd still be racing. And uh, I've got friends over in teams and obviously I'll come back down and support the guys that are out there doing the fall. Um, um, as with as I do after a full distance and as I do after Wanaka every year, I aim to ride three hours tomorrow. So that'll be the plan. I normally have to do it in a split, so like an hour or two hours in the morning and then um, an hour or so in the afternoon. Um, but I'll try and do the same again. So it'll be a ride to kind of flush the legs and keep that going. Um, and then, yeah, I haven't actually looked too far ahead for the next two weeks. Um, if it was a full, I'd probably have a fair... If I'd have done the full at Wanaka, I'd have had a fairly good idea what my next two weeks looked like, having done it the past two years. With it being the half, not as not as sure what's in the plan, and yeah, didn't even, you know, I didn't even think about. People were asking me about the start list for New Zealand, and have you looked at it? And I was like, nope, that's Saturday afternoon and Sunday's job. That's you know, I've got to get through Wanaka first, and that's always the that was always the focus. So yeah, excellent. Oh, you're always a crowd favourite and podcast favourite. So uh, and we'll see you maybe on the roads in Christchurch. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay, so the full is done and dusted. We've got our first finishers coming in. We've got Richard McClue, who's a Kiwi fellow who I know nothing about, so we're going to find out about him. But he's taken out the full today. Uh, swam a 116. Well, I think he biked about a 515, was it something like that? 507. 507, even quicker than anticipated. And then uh, rounded it out to finish in about 946, I think it was. So, Richard, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? I'm from Auckland, so I'm a Kiwi boy. Um, I've been doing Ironman since 2005. I did my first one when I was 18, and um, took me about two years to recover from that. So I've got a little bit better with age. And you've been to Wanaka before? This is my fourth time at Wanaka. Um, so I've done the old course and then three times on the on the new course. Far prefer the new course when the wind doesn't blow up. And you know, going this year, it was it was really hard to see who was in the field, and you, I mean, you might have known a couple of the names, but. Did you come here to win or just do your race and see what happened? i got to confess, um, when they took the pro race out of the full, I thought, right, I'm going to enter. It's my only chance to be on the podium overall. So it was one of the factors in coming here. I knew no one else in the field. And how did the race pan out? You know, the swim times, to me, looked a little bit slow. I don't know if they were, uh, if it was just a little bit long, but how did the race sort of pan out for you and maybe compare it to conditions in other years? Uh, clearly I didn't swim well with a 116, I'm, I'm not a good swimmer but that's bad even for me. Um, I kind of knew it would be slow when I got round the first lap and uh, started heading straight out into the chop again. It took me about 10 metres or 10 um, seconds to move past the buoy to go about a metre so I knew it was going to be a slow swim. Um, 
And then when I got on the bike, the wind actually didn't blow up like it has in previous years. It was swirling around and, and behind us a bit of the way. So um, I rode similar to what I have previously, a um, couple of minutes quicker than the last time I was here when it was really windy two years ago. And then, yeah, got off and just held it on the run. And so how did you, your finish time compare to previous years? Uh, it's half, about half an hour quicker. Half an hour quicker, and is that because you had a awesome race today, or you've just improved, or you've blown up in the past? Uh, I definitely got my nutrition right today. Um, I thought I'd overbiked just looking at the the watts um, as I was coming in. I didn't think I'd have running legs, but you know, I got a lot of through a lot of gels and a couple of bars, and yeah, my running legs were kind of there. So, in terms of gels, how many did you go through? What's your nutrition out there on the bike? I think I had seven gels on the bike, two bars and maybe four bottles of um, electrolyte. And I've got to say, I mean when I've finished races, I think when Bevan tried to interview me and wrote uh, last year, uh, he had to wait about two hours. You were standing there with a the child, you were lifting your bloody child, that's a dangerous hazard and uh, you seemed to be relatively fresh, I mean how deep did you go? Uh, not very. Um, mu muscle strength is the limiter. I haven't done a lot of training for this one, so I can definitely feel it in the legs, but the rest of me is okay. And uh, how was it? You know, you, It's pretty cool when you actually win a race. It's a bit different here. You've had half finishes, so you're kind of blending in. But did you get much of a rev up? Did people actually realise you were finishing? And, and how was it coming down in first place overall the race? Um, having the lead bike on the run is amazing. I think that just amplifies the number of supporters and cheers that you get to no end so I really wanted to be first off the bike I didn't know they were going to have a lead bike on the run but I'm glad they did um, and yeah I've, I feel sorry for Tyrone coming in second it would have been a lonely run for him. Fantastic and what's on the what's on the radar for you like do you ever go you sort of get to Kona or if you, you do other races what's your sort of uh, plan over the next couple of years? I only get to do one Ironman a year so um, tends to be domestic now that I've got a, a two-year-old boy we're not uh, doing the big European trip anymore um, so yeah I'll, I'll come back here probably next year maybe in two years time otherwise I think this is good enough to wrap up the season. Fantastic well you go back to, back to the family and well done on uh, being first overall at Challenge Wanaka. Thank you very much. Okay I'm standing next to one of our Irish competitors uh, your name? It's William Desmond. William Desmond and from Ireland are you based in Ireland still or? Yeah, I live in Cork in the south of Ireland. What, what made you want to do this race? So I've done a lot of racing over the years and this is a big iconic race, it's a big deal and it's big in Europe, it's a huge, oh, really? yeah, it's a huge thing in Europe as well, it's well known so myself and my wife planned a three-week holiday to come down and see all of New Zealand and do a few races. And so, you know, you, you come to a race that's pr pretty well hyped, uh, you know, people talk about it, has it delivered? Yeah, it was, it was pretty special. Now, the rain this morning on the bike really suited me from Ireland, obviously. Yeah. So, uh, But the sun on the run, not so much. But uh, yeah, it's just an amazing race. Absolutely fantastic. And so chilled out, so relaxed, so friendly. Yeah. That's, that's the main thing, I think, you know. And so have you made a whole, a whole trip out of the whole thing? Yeah, yeah, three weeks in total. So we're around the South Island for another week. Then we go to the North Island and then I'm doing Taupo up there. So oh, wow. yeah, yeah, great fun. Well, that's how you have a holiday. Hey. And, and tell us about your race. Yeah, the race was good, you know, the swim went to plan, I wanted to do under 35, I did 32, that was fine, no issues at the start, lovely and smooth, then uh, T1 was fine, bike went better than planned, I was 245 on the bike, so I was pumped with that. From Mr. Whippy, oh you're a star, is that for us? Oh yeah, that's me, oh yep, good stuff, I got that off from me ice cream, Mr. Whippy, I was talking about that on the show last week, wasn't I? 
So yeah, the bike the bike went better than planned, and um, the run kind of screwed me up. I got halfway through the run on pace, and then the heat just kicked in, and the Irishness kicked in. So. <laughs> <laughs> and what's the goal for Ironman New Zealand? Yeah, it's going to definitely be sub five after. Like I think I did about five twelve here. Um, so sub five in in Taupo and uh, just enjoy the day. Have a great day. Been half in Taupo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cause they've got this year, haven't they? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so I, I'm done with doing full distance. I did rot before the full distance race in rot, and that was pretty full on. So I don't want to do that. Did I see you in rot? No, no, you didn't. It was it was a year. Okay. No, it was just one one guy yelled at me, and I I never got to see who it was. Maybe it was you. Um. Oh well, well done. Good luck, and who do you want to say hello to back home? Oh, no one really. I just said to come over and say hi. Huge fan of the show. Well, your triathlon buddy's going to give you crap. Because yeah, yeah, I yeah. said, who can you say hi to? And you said, no one. No, 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 no. They're all cool, like. But uh, they, uh, the show is huge in Europe. You're doing a great job, and keep up the good work. And are you in a tri club? No, I'm not in a tri club. No, 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 no. I'm resistant to this. Resistant? You're a bit like me. I never do in a tri club either. But let's, 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 we're anti tri clubs. All right, mate. Well, good luck for the rest of your trip, and nice meeting you. Cheers. Thanks very much. Beck, I haven't had a chance to listen to the interviews yet, but uh, any any points? Oh, you've got to say, Gomez is just quality, that dude, you know, in terms of the way that he speaks. Yeah. Um, lo- I saw loads of pictures with people uh, getting selfies with him, and I saw he was out doing, uh, handing out medals at like the kids' race. So the guy's got the, as some people might have commented in the photo, he's got the full package and um, just, yeah, just a very nice, just comes across as a nice guy and just that enhances his reputation going forward compared to, you know, some athletes are a bit more difficult to deal with and I've spoken to other media about that and, and yeah, he just comes across really, really well. The thing about him was, like it's so cool for the race that he was there, you know. Like he's he's a legend in our sport, you know. He's he's one of the legends of all time, really. And I, I was speaking to a guy, and I said, "Oh, how's your day going?" He goes, "I'm a happy ass mate because my son got to meet his hero, and his son got a selfie of Gomez." And like, you know, like every kid has their athletic heroes, and you know, in triathlon, it's you know, you'll meet your New Zealand heroes, but it's pretty weird you're going to meet like a Gomez or a Brownlee. And, you know, and to be so accessible, you know, that was the great thing about the Wanaka race. It's kind of, it's pretty accessible for everybody there. And it was just so cool. His his son got to meet the, the guy that he loves the most in the sport and got to spend a bit of time with him. And so Gomez obviously gets the responsibility mm-hmm. and uh, really embraces it. And so just a really good kind of, you know, ambassador for our sport really, yeah, isn't absolutely. he? Absolutely. Now, one thing I'm just going to do right now, Bevan. So he hinted when I spoke to him that he was looking at a uh, possibly a June Ironman. So I'm just I'm just pulling you. up what, what Ironmans are in June so we can kind of try to figure out. Is Germany? No, Germany's st- it's either at the very end of June. Uh, let me just have a look here. So if we go to June, 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 you've got – Brazil at the end of May. Doubt he'd do that. Uh, you've got the one, the one-off one in, in Philippines in uh, in June as well. You've got the Asia Pacific Champs in Australia. You've got Boulder uh, in. So that's key. Yeah. Uh, then you've got France yep. at twenty uh, fourth of June, or Austria at the first of July, or um, Germany at the start of June. So yeah, I wonder where he's going to go. Start of July. Start of July. Yeah, I'd be. Uh, I'd, I'd probably. Okay, make a prediction. Let's make our predictions. Possibly putting my money on France. I think he quite he quite likes seem to quite like the hilly course. And we've got to remember that he doesn't he doesn't have to chase points. You know, if he needed points, then I'd be saying he'd go to Germany or um, or the uh, Asia Pacific champs at Cairns. So I'd, I'd be saying either France or Austria. 
Okay, I'm going to go opposite to you. I'm going to say it's going to be either Keynes or Germany. And the reason I say that is that I think he will want to learn how to race hard. Mm. So he might he might leave something in the tank because he might, you know, but I think he probably want to do a bit of learning, you know, like he, it's a different game. And so I think he'll probably go, you know, I can go turn up to a race and win a second tier race or just tick the box or I need to do some learning before I turn up to Kona. And I think he may take that approach. So I'm going Kens or Germany. Wait and see. We'll wait and see. Okay, John, let's do the high five. One, two, three, four. High five for Challenge Wanaka. We're doing the five best bits of Challenge Wanaka. John, you do one. Okay, the first thing which I like the most about this race is the course. So you've got a freshwater swim with a beautiful beautiful scenery all around you. You've got a challenging bike course with stunning scenery uh, and it will really test you. Big chipped road though. And then on the run, you've got a mix of on and off-road running, uh, again, with all stunning scenery. So that is the number one about Challenge Wanaka. It really is just uh, a unique course. Not that many spectators, not to mean uh, I'll go into the other stuff in a moment, but just the course and the scenery. Okay, number two is the location. Actually, John, in my office, I have three paintings above my desk. Two of them, Joe and I did, and then Amelia did the other one. And one of my paintings is of Joe and I standing above Mount Roy. Now, admittedly, when you think painting, it ain't, it ain't, <laughs> it ain't no bloody high-class painting. But um, Wanaka is one of the most beautiful places in the world so much so i go there about five six times a year uh, it's a great place to travel post race you can kind of hang out and just get to you know do some beautiful walks do some beautiful runs get in the water at this time of year good for great course for the course because you've got kids as well so you can get them involved and there's kind of some fun activities for kids to do like the maze world and those types of things and great food and good wine country as well so you know if you want those kind of finer things in life it's got it all number three not now some people view this as a positive some will view it as a negative not so many people on the course but enough if you especially if you're doing the half so less drafting out there uh and you can have an, an honest day but uh, not as many, nowhere near as many as what you might find at a, at a North American or a European 70.3 Ironman. So I, I view that as a positive. Uh, not so many people on the course, but just enough. Fairly easy to travel to is number five. And it's kind of, you can kind of fly into Wanaka, hire a car, and it's basically an hour drive. And it's a pretty beautiful drive if you go over the Crown Range. Uh, so it's pretty easy to get to the race if, you know, if you're going into one. Um, and you Aussies, I think there are direct flights into Queenstown. So yeah, it's, it's not the most difficult place to get to. You missed number four, and uh, I put that as the best bits. It's, uh, oh, it's not as okay. commercial as an Ironman. And again, that could be a positive or a negative. Um, you just go there and you don't feel like you're necessarily getting sold the whole brand uh, the whole time. Of course, they're pushing challenge um, at you, but it's not doesn't not to quite the same extent, I think, that, that Ironman do it. So not as commercial as an Ironman. But I think one thing that we had to add to that is it's not lacking professionalism. You know what I mean? So it's it's not that, you know, when we say not commercial, it's not that it's a lesser product. It's just the feel of it's mm. different. We got, this is a double whammy high five today, Bevan, because uh, we oh. Things to consider high five. We've been going on and on about all the positiveness of Challenge Wanaka and uh, and I don't think there's a great deal of negative, but I do think there are things you need to consider if you're going to this race. So number one, if you're a fifth, and you can probably actually answer this slightly better than me as well, if you're a 15 hour plus Ironman, just you've got to consider that you're probably going to have a pretty lonely day out there, more so than an Ironman race where you've got thousands of people around you. Um, of course, if you're a 15, 16 hour Ironman uh, at, at Ironman, it's still going to probably be pretty thin out there, but I'd imagine at this race it's even less so. So a lot of lonely time. Uh, 
I think if you're doing the full, it's going to be pretty lonely to do a middle mm. watch. Although, no, that's not true because when the half people will sit out there, it's probably – but in the latter part of the day, once the half's finished, it's going to be a pretty lonely day out there and um, because the full had maybe 150 altogether with teams as well. So, you know, there's not many people out there. And admittedly, once we got past kind of nine o'clock, it was drips and drabs of athletes coming in. So definitely it's – more of a solo mission. Uh, the other thing that just in with that, if you're a 15 hour plus Ironman, uh, about 40% of the run, I'd say, is is completely on a trail. Uh, so not that spectator friendly, um, but you're sort of going aid station to aid station. And I would imagine that it will get reasonably tricky around there after dark. There's no light whatsoever. Um, so of course you have a headlight, but um, I'd say that's just something else to factor into your decision. So yeah. There's going to be a lot less people out there. Having said that, I raced in the first one in 2007 and I was pretty much solo the whole day and I actually love that sort of stuff. So just something to consider. Mm. Okay, number two is the course. It is it is a hilly course, particularly on the bike. Even the run's pretty up and down in the second half uh, and it's a big chip ride. So it's not going to be nice, smooth roads over in Kona, but you know it's just a different kind you of You need challenge. to consider the weather. You can get everything uh, when you go down to – we did, the, we did this year, you know, didn't we? Look, I'd say there's at least a 50% chance that you're going to get wind and pretty decent wind. So it's a little bit like Kona, but not not as strong as Kona. But the chance of having at least some wind is very high uh, and it can be reasonably strong. And you, it's, you know, it's an alpine environment, so you can get anything. We had, uh, as you will have heard from the interviews earlier on, you know, there was some rain earlier on. They don't you know, normally get rain, but you can get um, hot days, really hot days. You can get fairly cool days. Well, in the afternoon. Oh, it was actually really I was getting hot, out of the sun. It was just baking in the afternoon, um, but they had a bit of rain. So yeah. you need to be ready for any sorts of weather conditions. Uh, Challenge Warnocker is not going to be a PB Bay day unless it's your first time doing any of the distances or you've never had a really good race. Um, it's definitely a slower course, but that's counted in, in the beauty of it. It's, it's seriously one of the most beautiful courses you I'll can do. I'll skip what I've got down there, number five. Number six, I would say, you know, is a small town and uh, there's, there is a reasonable amount of accommodation, but you do want to get in early um, because it does sell out. The whole town is full for the weekend, so it's uh, you can't just do sort of the late call-ups. So get on get onto it fairly early. I'm pretty sure entries are open for next year. And I will say, like, I actually spoke to a few people who came from overseas and um, oh, there was one guy who, I can't remember his name, I think it was, uh, I can't remember, it was something like Siam, or, or, I can't remember what it was. He was an Australian guy and he looked buggered as he got across the finish line. He was buggered and he literally was just standing over, over hunched over for like five, six minutes and uh, he'd won his age group and I'd and I don't think I'd announced it when he came across the line. And so I just said, hey, mate, you won your age group. And he was like, well, let's of the show. And he said, oh, Bev, I love your show. And so that was kind of cool. But speaking to many of the kind of people who came from overseas, they said it, it really delivered on what they thought it could be. And so, you know, if you are thinking about doing a trip to somewhere a little bit different, um, this is definitely a good choice. Uh, and I would say we've got a guy who just lives down the road from you, Simon and – Oh, what's Simon's wife name? They, they came out to do Challenge Wanaka um, based on a recommend, recommendation for us, and they bloody moved out here. They loved it so much. Oh, and they really? just lived down the hill from you. Oh, there you go. And they wanted to be my neighbour. Yeah. They should join the Crest. It's the Kashmir's local associate club, something like that. <laughs> Great. <laughs> okay, uh, let's do Winger of the Week, John. Who's that Winger of the Week this week? Wanger of the week this week, I've drawn number two. So that is the longest single activity. And uh, one of your favourites here, Bevan, oh, taking it out, that. Brian Hagen did a nine hour and 56 16 run. And I know that he did that because he did um, 
uh, Ultraman Florida at the weekend. We'll do the results of that next week. I haven't seen the results yet, but I know he was racing in there. So he absolutely smashed everybody for the longest activity uh, with a 9-hour 56-16. Oh, and I'm just looking at Brian's stats. He's got some good photos. Brian, I'm liking the beard right now, mate. When I was ruining with him, I can't remember if he had a beard. I don't think he had a beard. He's got the no, big beard happening. He's got the, the dog in the car. Okay, total cycling time. All time, 22,000 miles. He's ridden Jeepers Creepers this year. He's done 1,300 miles. Um, he's got, yeah, he likes, I always like running with his dog because his dog looks like his best mate when he's running. So it's good stuff. And sharp in the wetsuit as well there, Brian. Good old roommate, set. Brian. Second place was Roger Thompson. He did a five-hour 26 bike ride and uh, also managed to take out third place as well with a virtual ride. On the girls' side of things, Jenna Carr Seafried took it out with a 3.07 virtual ride. Mel Seltiel did a one-hour 25 ride. Jeez, longest single activity, girls, and it was one-hour 25. What's going on here? girls. (laughs) And uh, Sarah Myford uh, was in third place with a one-hour 24. What was going on last week was nobody doing, no female was doing any training. So if you want to get on this, you need to get get, um, onto Strava, get a profile on Strava. Activities must be public in Strava to be included in our leaderboard. Uh, So you need to join up to the I Am Talk group on Strava and uh, durations will be shown in moving time. Time shown and used in calculations is in the local time of activity and data is retrieved on an hourly basis. So check it out. If you want to check out our sort of leaderboard, go to traintrends.com slash Strava slash IMTalk and the guys at Trains Train Trends uh, manage that for us. It's all very good. Got to say, John, just quickly, Bobo Shaw did the shortest activity. He's got one activity, zero seconds. How does that work? He's got, nothing happened. He basically... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good effort. Okay, sponsor. Bevan, you're passionate about your insurance. I'm passionate about saving money, and uh, that's something we both share. So American listeners, if you want to save some dollars on your life insurance, learn more and get a free quote on healthiq.com slash imtalk, or if you call them up by visiting healthiq.com, mention imtalk when you talk to one of their agents. Uh, They're a life insurance company. You just fill in a quiz based on your fitness and lifestyle, and 56% of their customers save between 4 and 33% on life insurance. So it will get you rewarded for being fit and healthy and save money for where you can spend it elsewhere in your life. What's cool about this, John, is it does really reinforce that being healthy is great. You know, you get that person who smoked their whole life and they live to 90 and you go, oh, I smoke. But if we look at stats, most people who smoke their whole life aren't living to 90. There is the one outlier. Um, mm. And, you know, and this just reinforces the kind of lifestyle that, you know, ourselves and those listening to the show really love and so it's kind of cool that we can get the benefit of a lifestyle and that we you know we put a lot of time and effort into um and it can save us a little bit of money and and another area that's really important and life insurance is an important part of a kind of a a healthy financial lifestyle so check out a health iq if you're american listener just go check it out and uh, you may see it's definitely worth doing and if you do go ahead and get them make sure you just say that you got it through i am talk uh because you know they're supporting us and so that way you can support us and what we're doing as well so it's healthiq.com slash i am talk check 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 it out john we're just going to do a quick little other items 
Yes, so this was just one thing I wanted to bring up this week. It was there was one other race on at the weekend. It was a Geelong seventy point three, which is in uh, near Melbourne, Australia, and uh, you just got a feel for the excuse me, <clears throat> got a feel for the girls' race here. It was uh, I wouldn't say it was so much of a, a sprint finish, but what happened was uh, one girl um, uh, Grace. Tr- Thick was five minutes down on another female, Nina Deron, starting the run. Um, but she passed her during the run leg. And But coming into the finishing shoot, uh, the other girl who had, she had passed was starting to gain on her. And Nina, who was uh, – no, Grace, who was the first 70.3 race – was coming into the finish line, coming into the finish line, stumbled, fell over, tried to get up, and this is literally, literally, you know, 20 metres from the finish line. She managed to get back up, and then the other girl came around the outside, and they kind of almost banged into each other, and she got around her, and the other girl basically just collapsed just before the finish line. She did get up and managed to get across the line for second place, but it was a, uh, yeah, it was a pretty epic finish. So it was literally legs. I'm looking at the photos. It looks like her legs just went on her. So it wasn't It wasn't a trip. It was basically legs were over. Completely buckled. Oh, it's got to hurt. Your first oh, ever one. That's got to hurt. Oh. John, one thing you can do now if you're listening to the show is if you have the iHeartRadio app, we are on that as well. We're on Spotify. We're pretty much on, if you're on Google or if you're on the Android platform, we're pretty much in all the main apps. Um, and the Google Play Store, we're in the Play Store as well. Obviously, we're still on Apple. That's kind of always been the way to go. But if you are kind of moving the way you listen to the show, because I know times have changed. Back in the old days, it was just Apple. But uh, if you are looking for us, we kind of are on all devices. And if not, flick us an email, and uh, we'll see if we can get them on the ones that you're not on. John, patrons. Tim, superstar carpenter. We've got, how does it, you do that one, John? Uh, Maverick, Big, uh, Big Miss, Zekant. And you can do the last one because I don't know the, I don't know the Star, Wars, Star Wars character. Darth, uh, so Paul Yoda, Darth Plagueis. And if you don't know who that, that is, he uh, was Palpatine's master, and I think Palpatine killed him, but he's actually never actually been in a movie. So it's all, there's a bit of intrigue there. So Paul Yoda. There's some intrigue around Darth. Plagueis. Do you think he'll be in the in the um, Han Solo movie? No, because oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's before I'm, now. Yeah, no, I don't the think so. Han Solo. No, I think it's there's going to be a lot of intrigue. He's apparently he's, he's in some books and things like that, but whether he actually uh, plays because then there was some, some people thought he might have turned into smoke or whatever it was. It was in the last one that he got killed. So I think it's all going to be spoilers, John. Spoilers. <laughs> Goodness, who knows what's going on? <laughs> okay, John, uh, we've got a new patron, Rob oh, Cummings. I'm going to save this till next week because I want to do this one when you're in front of you because I've got a picture I want to show you of Rob and you've got okay. to and I'm yeah, Rob, do that no, it's coming. And yes. it could be very exciting. If you want to be a patron, you go to www.imtalk.me. It's all very clear on the website. Um, and then you contribute to the show and help us doing what we're doing. You've got a chance to win a trip to Kona, which we're drawing in the next few weeks. Uh, and... Um, Yours also some gifts depending on the level that you become a patron at. So thank you to all the patrons. It really does make a big difference to what we do. And uh, if you want to become a patron, www.iamtalk.me. John, sponsors. Extreme Endurance. <laughs> Your lactic buffer. And Health IQ. Health insurance for athletes just like you. So, uh, John, what's your goss? 
We didn't do a weather update at the start of the show, Bevan. One of the reasons why we're recording over uh, over the internet today, not in front of each other, is because uh, it's raining outside and I didn't really want to bike up to Bevan's place. And it was originally going to be quite a short show, but it's already taken us uh, about 45 minutes of recording. Uh, do, so do, do, um, do you only have one car? We do. One car family. That's all we need. Just the yeah. odd occasion is an inconvenience. But um, yeah, and today was one of those occasions. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you soft did it, but that's all right. I, yeah. I thought it was going to be a short show, so I was like, okay. Turns out we can't stop talking. So, <laughs> so, so good weekend away, John. Good weekend away. Uh, yeah, had a bit of a drive home on the. I had some good food again on the way home, which was good. Philly uh, Bakery. Sorry, no, no. Did we went. Do? No, we went. Stopped off in Tikapo on the way through. Tourists oh, nice. for Africa and New Zealand. It's Chinese New Year. My God, there is just so many tourists in New Zealand at the moment. It's yeah. insane. So that no, was good times. Got home and then yesterday had um, a little Tommy's uh, Tommy's school duathlon. Finished in second place in his age group. So he's pretty happy with oh, that. Nice. Uh, so he's off to the regional champs. Uh, so that Bevan just settling into a good old regular week. Good old, the old regular, eh? The old, I've got to say, quite a few listeners. And, and Gail Harvey, um, what's Gail's, she's got the abbreviated Hayward. name, hasn't she? Hayward, yeah. Um, she won her category. Um, uh, Kylie Cox, I think, got fourth. Um, there, there was quite a few of our listeners doing quite well in the race. So big ups to all the listeners who did well in the race. It's kind of cool. And the, I saw one IM Talk uh, race kit out there. I was, I was actually sitting up in a cafe um, having my lunch and we were just kind of looking out and cheering people on. And it was actually an elevated sort of seat. And I saw it, I thought, it's an IM Talk gear. And I just <laughs> sprinted down and uh, managed to take a photo, put it on the Facebook page. I think it was Matt. I think he's from Geraldine. Uh, I had yeah, met he's him the one who did our camp. Yeah. He did our camp. Yeah. 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 I'm pretty sure yeah. it was Matt. So uh, nice work. Yeah. I love your work, and he's looking sharp in that suit. Mm-hmm. Uh, any other goss? Anything that's exciting this week, John Boo? Nothing exciting this week, Bevan. It's just we've got we've got our weather bomb coming, and that's the most excitement we get down here this week. It's supposed to be terrible weather in the next couple of days, and uh, hopefully everybody gets through it okay. Uh, yeah, I'm with you, John. I'm with you. Mm-hmm. One thing, one the only story I have this week, John, is do you put the duvet on back at home? Yes, most of the time. Weather, oh, weather, weather dependent. Yeah, well, I, I have to say, I put the duvet on last night because Joe cleaned it and she, Joe irons our duvet. Do you do that, John? No, we don't. There's no ironing <laughs> happening in our household. <laughs> Joe irons my singlets for the gym. But babe, I really iron it, but she likes it. I think she, my wife's an active relaxer, John. Mm-hmm. So she'll, she'll get in front of the TV and she'll do some ironing. So she irons the duvet and she, she went away because unfortunately we had a death of a, a, a friend's family member died and so joe went to the funeral and so she went away a few days and she had ironed the duvet and so last night before she got home i thought i better make sure the house is tidy and i put the duvet cover on tell you what i was a schmuck when i did that first of all i i i I couldn't get it right and seriously i'm inside the duvet trying to do you know like literally took me like 15 minutes i was like just think of it's almost like a cartoon when you see a cartoon having a fight and there's just this rumble of mess well, that's me doing the duvet. So I'm doing the duvet, finally get there. And then I was telling my class this morning at the gym, and this lady comes up to me and goes, why don't you just turn the duvet in and out on the outside and then grab the ends and do it that way? And I was like, I am such a fool. Mm-hmm. So there's a tip. If you are putting the duvet back on, don't be like Bev. Turn it inside out, grab the ends, turn it in, and it's as simple as that. Domestic incompetence, that's what you've got. Do you know what's really funny? I was talking about this at the gym, is that 
you know, and when you, when you kind of have a relationship, you kind of split jobs. And, mm-hmm. and admittedly, I probably do listen to you, let's be honest. Uh, but, and so there's kind of certain things you just kind of never end up doing when you're in a relationship. Whereas when you're single, you kind of do it all. And and even things like I don't do the food shopping. Joe tends to do the food shopping. I can't remember the last, like I've been to the supermarket, but I can't remember the last time I did a weekly food shop. And it's just kind of forget the parts that you don't do, if you get what I mean. Uh, absolutely. Uh, Belinda doesn't mow the lawns. I can tell you that for nothing. Blinder does a clean swimming pool. <laughs> tell you that, and uh, I don't. I'm a bit like you. I don't do any cleaning because they don't get done to her standards. <laughs> There's a different colour we don't see, isn't there, John? Absolutely. Okay, man. Let's wrap it up. Fine, Russ. I don't mean to. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha.